This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 505, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, August 23rd. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is episode 505. It's our Comic Reviews episode for the week of Wednesday, August 23rd releases. Uh, this is coming out super late, even for my standards. Uh, this is coming out August 2nd, which I guess is... Uh, it's been like a good week and a half since these comics came out. In the meantime, let's see, a ton of the stuff has happened. Uh, since our last episode came up, it went up on the, I think, the 26th. So in the intervening week, um, I have returned from my uh, trip to New York... It was a baseball road trip. Got to see the Yankees and the Mets play. That was a lot of fun. Um, uh, it was my son's fourth birthday, uh, which he got to spend in the most depressing way possible in that he got sick um, two nights before, and then he was super sick on his birthday, so that was zero fun for him and less fun for us as parents as well. And then uh, as we record this, I'm about to go to uh, the uh, Fan Expo in Toronto, Ontario. First time I've been to the convention in, I think, eight years. I'm hoping to to be able to uh, talk to a couple artists and writers. I'm not sure how that's going to play out, so I'm interested in that. And, as you can tell, I've also lost my voice. So my voice is extra scratchy, hard to talk, um, which is awesome when you're hoping to conduct interviews in a loud, noisy place. So, uh, yeah, so let's, let's talk some comics first, uh, from August 23rd. Um, it's been a while since these comics came out. Um, I actually, I uh, got to go, I'm trying to think, I got to go to Midtown Comics to buy some of the comics that came out this week, or this particular week that we're talking about. Um, some of the comics I will not be talking about include the following, um, Action Comics 986, Batgirl 14, Batman Shadow number 5, Batman Beyond, Blue Beetle, Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe again, Detective Comics, Edge of Venomverse, uh, I Am Groot, Iceman, Manhunter Special, Nightwing the New Order, Peter Parker the Spectacular Spider-Man number 3, Suicide Squad, Teen Titans, The Flash, Punisher, and X-Men Gold. Because I haven't finished it yet. The books I have had a chance to read, though, include... Um, a bunch of other books. Let's talk about them right now. Uh, first up, we have Ben Riley, The Scarlet Spider, number six. Um, this book uh, has a cover by Mark Bagley, and that's about it. Um, because now we have Will Slinney. I already forgot to pronounce his name, and I've talked to the man, which is more depressing. Um, Will Slinney is come on, and he is the artist in the book. And it definitely feels different. Um, I like his art, and it's just it's not Mark Bagley, but it's still... Very good. Um, his shots of Kane swinging around look great. Um, it just feels totally very different because um, although we still have the same characters, it definitely feels like we're moving in a different direction. We have this, you know, this this character who's out there snipering people. Um, Marlo Chandler is back, and she seems to know way too much, and she's super creepy. Um, Peter David's still writing it, so it shouldn't feel that different. But for some reason, it does. Um, just did to kind of see how the book develops. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. I just felt that it felt jarring. Um, it didn't feel in a lot of ways like it was the same book. Like it is, but uh, it just felt very different. Um, and I can't quite put my finger on what it is. Obviously there's a different artist, but I don't think that's everything. I think there's something else to the way that Peter David was writing it. It just felt different, but I can't put my finger on it, which is very frustrating. Anyways, I'm giving it a seven. Uh, next up is uh, Cable, number four, by James Robinson and Yilda Ray Sinar. Um, and I thought this was great. Um, 
We get to know a little bit more about Conquest here, which is nice because you'd like to know a little bit about your villain. Um, I like this story. It's interesting because, on the one hand, I feel like Cable has is a confusing character for a bunch of reasons, and there was a time when I understood everything about what Cable was up until that point, and then they kept changing things. And I think after Cable Deadpool, especially, given what his powers were at that point, and then when they killed him off, and then he came back to, to save Hope in Messiah Complex, and then his own book. And I felt like ever since then, I haven't had a great handle on who the character's been. And then since then, he's gotten even crazier, and they've gone um, a little bit more confusing. And this feels more kind of, quote-unquote, standard Cable. It's a little bit more stripped down. Um, we don't even really get a good sense of what his powers even are. But we get this uh, just idea that he's a time traveler and he's you know trying to stop this character named Conquest. And as much as it bugs me that I'm not really sure who this Cable is, which timeline exactly, um, you know what's going on, I do ex- at least appreciate that it's a very straightforward story. Uh, James Robinson is not making it confusing. He's not making it a continuity-dependent story. He's telling a a fast, energetic story of two time travel, two time travelers having to fight each other, and in this issue, Cable finally gets to get the drop on uh, Conquest and change the battleground, and uh, feels like a turning point for the story. Sinar is a great artist, so it looks great. So I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. Um, I am enjoying it. It's a different type of Cable story. Again, it's not so much about Cable. It's 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 just very. Popcorn. It's a popcorn movie. It's not getting deep into character exploration, nor does it really care to. It's about telling a fun, energetic story about two time travelers, and that's all you really need. Uh, next up is Daredevil number 25. This is by Charles Sewell. Our work in this particular issue is by Alec Morgan. Um, it's really entertaining. Um, Alec Morgan isn't my favorite artist, but overall, I have enjoyed the art in this book. It doesn't always work, um, it's a little weird. Um, the art isn't as detailed as I would like, uh, but it gets the job across pretty nicely. And really, this particular issue is specifically, it's about the story. It's about the script. It's about um, what Charles Sewell is doing with Daredevil as a character and with Matt Murdock. And uh, it feels very earned, the, the conclusion to the Supreme storyline. Um, very cool. That being said, I, I feel like the art doesn't have to do as much here. and It doesn't, it doesn't, because like the script is where the story's going to either live or die uh, in this particular issue, because there's not a lot of fisticuffs. Like, even the way that they try to inject action in here, at first is even just a bit confusing. I'm like, oh, that's what's going on. But, like, it's not intrinsic to the plot. Like, this could have been a, a text issue, and I don't know if it would have changed that much. Um, it's good, don't get me wrong. I'm going to give it an 8, because I think it was very solid. I thought the art was a little off. Um, but a superior, strong story, so I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Next up, we have, let's see here, Doctor Strange 24. It's um, a a Secret Empire, uh, what's the word, tie-in. Oh, my God, I'm losing my, I've already lost my voice, now I'm losing my mind. Written by Dennis Hopeless, artwork by Nico Henricon, who's both artist and colorist. Um, This was a lot of fun. It was a fun, enjoyable story of... Um, you know, this depleted Doctor Strange showing up against Baron Mordo and uh, with some very unlikely allies, Ben Yurik and uh, uh, the Kingpin. 
get some uh, their best kind of interactions in a while. Uh, Spider Woman makes a great appearance as well. This is a lot of fun, but it'll also be nice to see uh, Doctor Strange get back to the real world and see what the new direction on this book is actually going to feel like. Uh, but this was a great, very enjoyable, a good tie-in. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Big surprise there. Next up, we have Secret Empire number 9. I remember when this came out, um, I read a lot of negative reviews. Um, my brother-in-law, Paul, who I went to New York with, read it and was like, oh, it was fine. And then I read it and I wasn't sure. It's got artwork by Nick, sorry, it's written by Nick Spencer, artwork by Lionel Francis Yu with Joe Bennett. Uh, a couple of different uh, inkers. Um, I, I have never really responded to the Captain America. Sorry, Steve Rogers as Supreme Hydra. Just the costume is, I still think, still a weird design for me. Um, the issue was okay. I didn't think it was bad. I, I did think it was a little simple at times um, with everything kind of, uh, you know, perfectly crescendoing at the exact right time on top of uh, Steve Rogers' head. That being said, that was fine. I had, I think, more issues with parts of uh, issue 10. But here especially, like, it felt like who this Steve was once he meets Kobik uh, felt a little easy. Um, and I, the ending, I, I didn't quite buy either. Um, I'm going to give it a six. I, I didn't love it, didn't hate it. I was a little bit more middle of the road. But I think I had more polarizing opinions on the last issue, which we'll talk about on the next reviews episode, which the way I'm going, who knows when it'll come out. Uh, and last but not least, we have Weapon X number seven. This is uh, starting a new story arc, but not really. It's just continuing uh, where this char- these characters had been after the Weapons of Mass Destruction arc. It's written by Greg Pak and Fred Van Lente, and art by Mark Borstel and Ibram Roberson. It's The Hunt for Weapon H, Part 1. Um, the art is great. I thought it was fantastic art. Uh, really kind of creepy story. I like seeing this Weapon X team that we have here um, together, and seeing what's going on with, with Weapon H is interesting. Um, I'm really intrigued by where this is going to go, and excited to see. Like It's even a good cliffhanger as well. I'm going to give this an 8. I thought it was very solid. It feels like this book has a real reason to exist now, um, more so than the first arc. The first arc was a little bit more reactive. Um, that led into the, um, uh, the, the you know the major arc of um, weapons of mass destruction. But now we have like a real purpose, um, which I'm enjoying. Anyways, um, that's everything I'm talking about today. If we take a quick look at releases from the week of August 30th, um, some of the books we'll be talking about next week include Infamous Iron Man, uh, Generations, Hawkeye and Hawkeye, um, America, All-Star Batman, uh, Jean Grey, Secret Empire, as I mentioned, uh, Robotech, uh, Star Wars, Thanos, Uncanny Avengers, X-Men Blue, and a, a bunch more. Although not as much more because I believe it was a fifth week, so I think DC get a lot less releases on this particular uh, Wednesday. So thank you for joining me for this review episode. I apologize for the sound of my voice. It's pretty awful. Again, I'm going to Fan Expo, a busy convention, and I'm going to try and do uh, interviews with this horribly scratchy voice. So that will be super fun. Uh, you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook. Rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.